In just a moment, we're going to look into Ephesians, excuse me, we're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And as we do, we're going to find that there is a seasonal aspect to this passage of Scripture. And seasons, they, they come and they go. Now, I grew up, of course, in Michigan. So in Michigan, we had more distinct seasons. And some seasons I like better than others, like I suspect that may be the case for you. I enjoyed springtime, of course, because I knew that the ice that was thick on our little basketball court out back, my dad for probably, I don't know, maybe $50, he poured a little basketball court um, that was in front of our old detached garage. The house I grew up in, now it's 150 years old. You know, it was an old house. And so we had a little basketball court there and the, the snow from the winter would, you know, melt and then freeze and more snow and more ice. And so the springtime always meant that we're going to take a sturdy shovel, a spade, and we're going to go out there and we're going to start just chipping away at the ice on our basketball court. So it was always this favorite time of year when it was warm enough to finally clear off the basketball court. And again, we could commence with a lot of fun out in our backyard. Summer, of course, I mean, we had 100 degree summers and hot nights, humid up in Michigan. But I love the summer. It meant no school. So, you know, you'll take the hot for the no school. Fall, beautiful in Michigan. The leaves would change. The smells of fall, quite beautiful. Uh, uh, someone in the neighborhood, you know, just burning a pile of leaves. There was something sweet even about the smell of smoke that would fill the neighborhood. And then, of course, winter was, was somewhat brutal in Michigan, but it also meant the hope of a snow day for school, which was just spectacular. Seasons, they would come and go. Here in Pensacola, our seasons are not as distinct, but they're still very real. And we're in some seasonal change even right now. We don't still have the the colors that are typical from some parts of the country, but we get some. Even this morning when Julie and I were driving in, we looked and we said, hey, look at the colors. There were some beautiful colors. Yesterday in Pensacola, of course, we got some torrential rain, which is typical for us. And, and in a little break, I went out front because we have uh, what's called a Japanese maple in my front yard. And and I took this picture of the leaves of my little Japanese maple out front. And this time of the year, I love the color that is presented. It does mean that there is some seasonal change. And we know that's going to continue on. In fact, in Genesis chapter 8, verse number 22, the Bible says, while the earth remaineth, as long as we're here on planet earth, as long as the earth remaineth seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. What he's saying is there's going to be some regularity to life. There's going to be some things that you know are coming and then some things that you know are going because something else is now coming. The, the title of our message today is simply this. Tis the season. Tis 
the season. When we begin to examine the passage before us in the book of Ecclesiastes, we see the breadth of what Solomon covers in this unique portion of the book that oftentimes limits itself to under the sun life. But here Solomon appears to actually go beyond under the sun while detailing the seasons of this life. He also helps us understand the context with which these seasons are unfolding before us. And that is at the good hand of a loving father. He starts to reveal those things that are above man. And then if we continued to read, we'd see those things that are within man. And then Solomon says, these are some of the things ahead of man. And he even covers in this brief passage, the things that surround man. This is the ebb and the flow of our lives. Essentially what the writer of Ecclesiastes is directing the reader to do is he saying, hey, take some time to look up, look within, look ahead. And while you're doing it, don't forget to look around. Each of these invitations keep life from being somewhat monotonous, even boring, or what some may claim as meaningless. And this is especially true in the passage we're going to look at today. It is true to everything there is a purpose, or we might say today, a season. Your Bibles are open to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. So would you read along with me? I'm going to begin reading in verse number 1. You follow along as I read. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Today, when we look at this passage of scripture and we consider tis the season, let's begin by, by breaking these seasons down. And our focus as we begin is this, First, your seasons are filled with purpose. Your seasons are filled with purpose. Now, we get that on a natural scale. We understand that globally, our world functions with the necessity of seasons. They all play an important part. That is not less true in the seasons of your life. God has every person here. <clears throat> There's not a person that's exempt from this in this building or not a person who's watching that this does not apply to you. God has a very specific purpose for this season of your life. He says again in Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse number one, 
to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. The word season here simply means this. It means a set or an appointed time. You didn't just wind up here. Okay, now let's think about it in very practical ways. We all today, we, we didn't just, I don't mean to be silly about this, but we didn't just happen to be here together today. There's intentionality behind this. There's a set time. There's an awareness that we're gathering together for worship today, and we're going to do so at specific time. Do you know in the same sense, what Solomon's helping us understand is God has intentionally brought you to this very specific season of your life. We oftentimes talk about specific times. For example, we talk about lunchtime or work time or school time or play time. And these are all indications that there is a plan. There's a time. And even if you will, a season that is purposeful. It's determined. It is appointed. And such is the case with your life. If you notice what verse 2 says, it says, a time to be born and a time to die. You're not here by accident. But you might even say, well, you don't know the circumstances of my birth. No, I don't, but God does. And God is the one who very purposefully opens the womb or closes the same. In fact, the Bible records for us on numerous occasions, we'll just reference a few. Genesis 29, verse number 31, God speaking of Leah said, the Lord opened her womb. Who does that? God is the one who had a purpose for the womb being opened and for you to be born, purposeful. And then we also understand not only does God open the womb, but speaking of Hannah, 1 Samuel 1, 6, the Lord had shut up her womb. Who is, who is it that opens and closes, that allows a person to bear a child or withholds a person from bearing a child? We understand that it is a purposeful God. Jeremiah the prophet understood the workings of God, the appointments of the same. He said, then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, before I formed thee in the belly. God certainly being the one responsible before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. This is at least in part, church, why we hold to the sanctity of life. We understand that a child in the womb is there because Almighty God appointed it to be so. All of this to say, you are not an accident. God formed you in the womb with intentionality, with care, with knowledge of who you are and who you would become. He gave you the personality. Sometimes we're frustrated, like, why am I like this? At least in part because God knew what you would need to be. He gave you the personality, the gifts, the talents, the family, the mind, and so much more that he knew you would need. He created you with a job to do and a purpose to fulfill. You know, before we go any further, we have to begin with this season of your life is filled with purpose. 
We, we can't take time to explore, well, what's the purpose for my life? If we wanted to say it in grand terms, we would say to glorify God and then to enjoy him forever. We might take that another step further and we would say the purpose of your life is to know him and to make him known. Those are great umbrella statements over which or under which we understand, God, you created me with a purpose. What about yours personally? Well, clearly we don't have time to say, okay, well, this is yours and this is yours and this is yours. They may wonderfully be unique, but they are also divinely purposeful. Campus Church, God has this season of purpose for you. Let's go a little bit further with this. Not only do we see our seasons are filled with purpose, but our seasons flow with predictability. Our seasons flow with predictability. You might say, my life has been anything but predictable. Well, hold on for just a minute. Because your seasons are filled with purpose, they also flow with some measure of predictability. Now, what takes place in the midst of these seasons may be wildly unpredictable, but knowing that seasons are coming help us to navigate each of them with greater readiness, a preparedness for all that this season may bring. So again, here we are, we're in Pensacola, and in Pensacola, we have what we refer to as hurricane season, hurricane season. In fact, throughout the, the, the drive around the city at different times of the year, you would see hurricane preparedness billboards. Sometimes you hear radio announcements. There are things that sometimes people mail out. Are you ready for hurricane season? That, that season for us goes from the beginning of June till the end of November, hurricane season. And there are things that you can do to be prepared because that season is very predictable. It's gonna be here every year. But what happens within that season is wildly unpredictable. We may not know what takes place. Thankfully, this past year, we had a relatively quiet, hurricane season. We had the season, it just, it just was not so eventful for us, for which we're grateful. You have different seasons in your life that is predictable. What takes place through the course of those seasons? We say, well, I, I don't know everything that's gonna take place. And what the, the, the writer of the book of Solomon does for us now is he takes these, these 14 different times, these different seasons, and he begins to give us some of the extremes of the seasons. He says, okay, there's gonna be a time for this. And then he takes an opposite and a time for this. And then he keeps going back and forth. It's this, this match where the, the ball bounces with, with this rapidness that's almost dizzying. He says, but these are the seasons of your life. L look at the flow of the seasons and the predictability with which they're presented. Just notice them in brief. First of all, he says a time to be born and a time to die time to be born and a time to die. Now, again, what he does here is he gives us the two bookends. And by the way, let me also add, he's not making moral statements about all this. He's not saying, okay, here's the morality behind it. He alludes to that at different times, but he's simply saying, these are the realities of life. You're going to have a time when you are born and you're going to have a time when you die. 
So he begins with the big bookends and now he starts to fill in, well, what happens in between? He says, okay, there's a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Here we see the principle of sowing and reaping, of investing, so to speak, and then drawing upon the investments made. And of course, we're speaking about investments that would go far beyond the the singular monetary fashion of investing. He says, okay, so you've made some investments, sometimes in people's lives, and at times you get to draw upon those investments. Sometimes you've just made an investment in yourself, an investment in a gift, and now I get to pull from that gift or that investment. He says a time to kill and a time to heal. By the way, this is clearly not a justification for murder, but we do see that there is a time for life and a time that life ends. And even what we might say, a time for life to be redeemed, a time for that to be healed. Sometimes we even take this beyond the physical aspect of life. Ah, there's a time for that relationship to be concluded. There's a time for a relationship to be restored, a time for it to be healed. He goes on, he says, a time to break down and a time to build up. The idea of break down is sometimes there's a time to break away from. Sometimes our love of something in the past keeps us attached to that which we should let go of. How many of you, just asking personally, have something in your garage or your attic or your closet that you find hard to let go? How many of you have ever found something? How many of you married couples have ever found something that your wife or your husband tried to throw away? And you said, what is this doing in the trash? And she says, honey, it needs to go. This was my jersey from 1982. She says, that's why it needs to go, okay? There are some things that it's just like, oh, I find that so hard to let go of. He goes on and he says, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh. It's okay to cry. And it is also okay to laugh. And knowing the difference between when one is appropriate and when another is not is one of the keys to what he's saying about the rhythm of life. It is again, okay to cry, okay to laugh, just not all the time for either of those. He goes on, he says, a time to mourn and a time to dance. What is he saying here? He's saying there's a time for heaviness and there is a time for wholeheartedness. Dr. Zacharias asked me before the service today, he said, okay, what are you preaching on? I said, we're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter three. He says, okay, what are you doing? I said, we're talking about the seasons. I said, you know, 29 times in this passage of scripture, God uses the word time. And then he says, oh, wait just a minute. Wait just a minute. And he goes to Ecclesiastes chapter three, and he says, ah, a time to dance, he said. And then he said, "Uh, we need a pastoral demonstration. You need to show us how to do that. And I said, well, clearly Solomon was not a Baptist. No, I I didn't say that. (laughs) He said, no, we're we're gonna need a pastoral demonstration. And so and, and I just laughed. He said, so you're going to have to show us how. So Dr. Zach, what I'd like you to do right now. <laughs> okay, let me tell you what the word means. It, is a, it, is, it, conjures up, uh, it conjures up a little humor just thinking about it. But when you say a time to dance, it means there's a time to skip. It means there's a time to leap. It means there's a time for physical expression 
to be so powerful that you physically have some demonstration of the goodness of God. It's not being silly and I'm not going to overly demonstrate. But when David danced before the Lord, most historians believe that David took his arms and he would start out low and then he would spin around. And as he spun, he would throw his hands up into the air. And what he's saying is, God, all praise and all honor and all glory, I lift it up to you. And do you know what he's saying? He's saying physically, I want to show with my body the overflow of my heart. And you know, when you start to think about the seasons of life, what is it that he's saying here? He says, there's a time to mourn. I've found that, that mourning or grieving doesn't have a timetable that is consistent for everyone's season. There are some people who grieve and they mourn. And here we're, we're ready to say, let's move on past it now. Everything's okay. It's been a month. And, and we're ready to show the overflow of our heart. And sometimes it's challenging when you are grieving because there are others at that moment who are in their heart and even in their life. There is a dance, so to speak, in their life. And we wonder, why is the world dancing when I am still grieving? Because for them, it was time. Sometimes we are even a little bothered when, when the loss is the same. We, we both lost the same person and another person begins to move past the season of mourning. And we say, I'm not ready for you to move beyond that. And what Solomon is helping us understand here is there is a time for both. And the season is not on a consistent timetable for all. He goes on and he says, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. Depending on the need, a time to let something go. And then depending on the time, the need, a time to gather the very thing that you once scattered. It reminds me that when enemies once came to Jerusalem, they actually sent people outside the city walls to fill in the wells that had been previously dug. Fill them up because the enemy's not going to come and find much water here. Whoa, whoa, the, the, wait a minute. Th these are good things. Yeah, but they're, they're a good thing at the wrong time and for the wrong person. So fill them up. And then what would they wind up doing again after the siege is over? All right, let's go dig them up again. And you know, in life, sometimes there are things that we set aside for a season. We just set them aside for a time. It's not that they'll never have a place in our life again. For many years, the, the person who, who led us in worship and in congregational singing, led our rejoice choir, was a man um, whose name is Dr. Geddes Allen. He's here in our service today. And you know, for a lot of time, for a lot of years, Geddes grew up playing a guitar with his family and his brothers, and he just loved it. And he said, you know, for a time, we, we just did that when we were kids growing up, and they had a lot of fun. And, and then for a time, the Lord said, it's time to set that aside. It had become so important to get us that he said, you know, there is someone more important, so I'm going to set this aside. And then do you know what the Lord did many years later? He says, hey, get us, it's time to pick up your guitar again. Time to play again. There could be for you some hobby, some person, something, something that you love. And for now, God says, okay, set that aside for a time. It may be that God's not saying 
You're never going to see that again. It may be he's saying, set that aside for a time. It's a time to cast it away. And then there'll be a time to gather it together again. He goes on and he says, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. This would be very cultural. We would understand this quite clearly with the embrace of the culture of the day. Do you know really what he's saying is there's a time to greet, a time to welcome, a time to say hello. And then he says, there's also a time to say goodbye. Some of those we prefer. There are times when we're actually ready to take the next step. And that means I'm going to have to say a goodbye, but I'm anticipating the future. So I say goodbye with a heavy heart, but with anticipation. Sometimes to say hello, oh, this brings new fear. I don't know if I'm ready for this next hello. I don't know that this is a big unknown to me, but I have to welcome this. Sometimes we, we look forward to the hello. Sometimes we are saddened by the goodbye. He just is saying there's a time for both. A time to get and a time to lose. The word get here, it means seek. There's a time to search for certain things. There's also a time to stop searching. Man, I'm, I'm on pursuit of this. And okay, that's the right time. It's the right thing. It's the right season. And then there's a time to stop searching. Now, I've been looking for this all my life. Maybe that season in God's timetable has already been turned. The calendar needs to move on to the next page. A time to keep and a time to cast away. Here you could say a time to store up. And then there's also a time to give away. A time to rend and a time to sow. In Bible times, that, that time to rend. When something tragic happened, you would take your garment and, and we would hear about rending the garment. Oh, this tragic thing happened and I'm so oh, you know, broken by this. They would rend their garment to give this picture of what just happened to their heart. But he also says, there's also a time to sow. Okay, so for a while, oh, that had to be torn apart. Maybe that relationship, maybe that, that thing that we loved, maybe something that just ripped me apart. And he says, okay, there's a time to experience that loss. He says, but don't live there forever. There's also a time to sow. Let's put that piece back together again. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. This needs little explanation, but all throughout scripture, he seems to reiterate this principle. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. You know, when we think about this, it's not that he's balancing all those things equally. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. I think oftentimes or more often than not, the time to keep silent is weightier than the time to speak. He seems to bear that out throughout scripture. Somebody once said, I have often regretted my speech, never my silence. Then he continues on. He says, a time to love and a time to hate. Of course, there's a time to love. But we have to understand there are also things that we are to hate. Psalm 97, verse 10, ye that love the Lord hate evil. Do you know both of those things can exist or coexist at the same time? If, I, if I'm going to love the Lord, I can't also love evil. If I'm going to hate evil, I'm not going to hate the Lord. If I'm going to love the Lord, the thing that can exist is my hatred of evil. He says, there's a time, Lord, I love you. And Lord, oh, there are things that I hate. 
Scripture goes on, ye that love the Lord hate evil. And then Amos 5, uh, verse number 15, hate the evil and love the good. And then he goes to this, he says, a time of war and a time of peace. We live with the daily reality of both, war and peace. And by the way, until the Prince of Peace returns to establish his kingdom, we'll continue to see the reality of both. What we have before us are 14 extremes and they continually flow with predictability that is as certain as time. In some way, what God is saying is, there's enough time for everything. Did you hear what I just said? In some ways, what God is saying, he says, there's a time for this, there's a time for that. There's a time for, there's a time for. 29 times, a time, a time, a time in eight verses. Literally what God is saying is what you and I seldom acknowledge. We say things like, there's just never enough time. I wish I had more time. Where did the time go? Oh, the time. And what God is saying is you have, you have ample time for all you need. The challenge for us is determining what is receiving the priority of my time. Time is that which usually frustrates us, but not in God's economy. You and I have all the time we need. The only question is, is this the right time for what I'm about to do? It's an important question for us to ask and answer. We do have the necessary time. Is now the right time for what I am about to do? And that leads us to our last point. Your seasons should focus your priorities. Your seasons should focus your priorities. You know, seasonal focus on priorities. You might say, what does that mean? It means that you and I should be asking this question. What is the priority of my time in this season of my life right now? So here I am, I'm at this season of life. Listen, my priorities have shifted all over the place depending on the season of my life. Some of you, you have children and you have young children right now. I mean, there are many people in here, you have three or four children and they're all under the age of 10. Do you know, this is not the season of sleep for you, okay? You're just gonna, you're just gonna be tired for, for some years to come. Some of you, you're in a different season of life. Some of you are in the saving season of life. Like I'm trying to set aside, we're trying to save for, we wanna be able to, and so you're gathering right now. Some of you are in the distribution season of life. Hey, I've been gathering all my life. Now it's time to actually distribute, disperse some of that which I've been gathering. I mean, there's an ebb and flow to all of these different aspects of the seasons of life. Again, 29 times, he uses the word time. And as he remarks on the ebb and flow of all these things that occur in the process of time, he doesn't evaluate them as good or bad, wise or foolish, righteous or sinful. It's not his primary concern. He simply says that all of these things are a part of life. So our job then is whatever season we're in to focus on our priority of that season. Notice what God records for us a few verses later. Ecclesiastes 3, verse number 11. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. He hath made everything beautiful. Hey, hey, listen, in his time. 
We, don't, we do no disservice to that passage of scripture. We're not saying, God, in your time, um, um, you did that. He's saying, listen, God has created things for specific times. And it's beautiful when you embrace that season of which God has intended you to exist in. Something beautiful about it. Like, okay, so here's this season that's purposeful. Elsewhere in this same passage, he says, okay, sometimes you're going to experience hardship, difficulties. These are not easy things. They're just hardships. And the Bible says, okay, he's doing something for you even in that. It's verse number 10. It says, I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be, and then he uses the word exercised in it exercised in it. Even in travail, there's something beautiful about the difficulty because I'm being exercised, strengthened even in the midst of this season of trial. The beauty is that something is done at the right time. Again, in the book of Proverbs, Solomon takes one of the most basic, most simple offerings and makes it beautiful when it is rightly offered in its time. He says it like this. He says, a man hath joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season. How good it is. A word, a simple word spoken at the right time to the right person in the right way. He says, listen, it's beautiful. Elsewhere, he, he, he paints this beautiful picture for us. He says, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. A word fitly spoken, a word that comes to you at just the right time. It's exactly what you needed to hear. It was right when you needed to hear it. He says, oh, wow, what, what a beautiful offering. Just appropriate because of the right time. All of this points to the appropriateness of something as simple as a word. The beauty of a gift, of a kind word, a meaningful action, a timely investment, a vacation, even a thank you note to a friend, its value is contingent upon its timing. Some attempt to take that which is good and find it becomes something else because it's taken out of its appropriate time. Don't miss the season that God has you in right now. And don't continually lament the fact that you are not in another season. This season is necessary to bring you to the next. Some of you might be saying, I'm so tired of hearing about this season of my life. The God who holds days and times and seasons in his hand did not make a mistake with you. He has you in this season. You say, this has been a season of illness. This has been a season of caretaking. This has been a season of sorrow. This has been a season of strain. I know he does make everything beautiful in its time. You say, well, well when is this time gonna be passed? When we trust this season to the mind of an all-knowing God, we can stand back with a reasonable assurance that God, who has planned my days, has also planned this season. When he brings me out, he knows. Is it time right now to gather? Is it time to cast away? Is it time to save? Is it time to disperse? 
Is it time to pack up? Is it time to settle down? Is it time to hold on to this hobby or sport or pursuit? Or is it time to let it go? These should be the expectant prayers of every believer. This prayer. God, I know you have a purpose and a time for everything under the sun. The question I'm asking you now is, should this be my priority now? How foolish it would be to attempt a harvest if I have not yet planted. Again, we ask, what is it at this moment of time that is to be my priority? Ultimately, Solomon is helping us see that God is the one who provides purpose to everything under the sun. And we might add, none of life makes sense. No seasons have real purpose apart from God. But with him in view, all of it has purpose, meaning and perspective that makes sense when viewed in light of him. You and I must remember that God created us with purpose. He desires to cooperate with you, enabling you to fulfill the things he's designed you to do. You're gonna face some seasons and we all know they're coming. So don't run from them. Don't, don't run out of them, but rather embrace them knowing that they will all too soon pass. And whatever season you are in, focus on the priority of that season. You have limited seasonal opportunity. Don't let it slip away. And finally, I may not know what season of life you are currently in, but I do know the one you will find there. He is the eternal God who desires to guide you through this season of your life.